peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good Thank you to those of you who joined me yesterday. As you know, I was I'm going through the book of First Corinthians, chapter 14. I've been hearing and seeing a little bit of stuff about prophecy and about tongues. Um, not so much tongues, but more more prophecy. But this is something I've been thinking about for a while. Kind of wanted to go through First Corinthians chapter 14. You know, good practice for me. Again, as I always say, not everything I say is right. I'm a fallible man. Read and study your Bible. That's what I'm doing. You're joining me on my thoughts through these things. That does not mean my thoughts are right. I am as very possible that I, I could be incorrect on a number of things. Study your Bible. Read your Bible. We're not supposed to think of men above that which is written. But with that being said, join me as we get back into this. So the book of first Corinthians chapter one or chapter 14, verse 13. I don't know why I said one. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. So this is really simple. And one of the things so. The, the church I was going to when I got saved, um, there was there was no practice of air quotes speaking in tongues, but I'd heard a lot about it. And I talked to people who, you know, practiced it and, and I'd seen some videos and, and I just always thought it strange because when I saw it, it didn't seem to have a clear purpose. I was like, well, I mean, the, the Bible mentions tongues, but I don't understand what's going on here. But the one thing that I never saw discussed is in this verse right here. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. So, to, so you know, looking at that, I'm only led to believe that even me myself, if I'm speaking in an unknown tongue, I should be praying for the interpretation of this unknown tongue. In verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now, this word understanding, if you remember from my last video, it keeps coming up. And I believe there's a reason that this this um, the idea of understanding keeps coming up, because this is the purpose. The Bible's trying to show us that if if. If these things are done and there's no understanding, there is no edification. No one is helped. That word unfruitful means not producing fruit, barren, as an unfruitful tree, not producing offspring, barren as an unfruitful female, not producing good effects or works as an unfruitful life, unproductive, not fertile, as an unfruitful soil. So again, 
all things that serve that 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 are just not helpful. They're not they're not bringing anything forward. They're not bringing any fruit. They're not giving anything to anyone. There's no edification in these things. Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with understanding. Also, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with understanding also. Now, I believe there's a very specific reason he mentioned sing right there, and we'll see in the verses to come. But he's saying, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do all this with understanding. That word understanding means comprehending, apprehending the ideas or sense of another or of a writing, learning or being informed. So the idea is, I'm not going to be doing these things and not even know what I'm doing, not even understand what's going on. In verse uh, 16, else when thou shalt bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen? If thy giving of thanks uh, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandest not what thou sayest. So if you're speaking in some unknown tongue, you're praying in some unknown tongue. How in the world could anybody standing by affirm this blessing as said in, in verse 16, else when thou, when thou shalt bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room uh, of the unlearned say amen? That word amen is an affirmation or a confirmation. Right. Many people uh, uh, say that the word means let it be so. Um, I looked in my uh, Strong's concordance at the root word and the meaning was surely, truly of truth. So, it, I mean, yeah, let it be so. This is an affirmation. How can you affirm something you don't understand? That's the point here. Verse 17. For thou verily givest thanks well but the other is not edified again. You give thanks. You're speaking in your unknown tongue. Nobody else is edified. Nobody else is helped. Again, the common theme here being for the edification of the body and understanding. I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. And again, the book of Corinthians is a book where the Apostle Paul is dealing with many problems within the church at Corinth. So I believe that that one of the purposes of this chapter explicitly was disorderly conduct when they got together. And he's dealing with that disorderly conduct, namely around tongues and prophecy. And that's why he's laying all these ground rules and trying to get people to an understanding and, and, and I think that's where this verse 18 comes from. I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. Right. He's seeing that these things are being done disorderly. So he's like, man, I'm thankful that I do this a lot more than all of you because you guys are way out of order. Let me set you straight. Yet in church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice, I might teach others also 
than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. So Paul is saying, look, I could speak in some unknown tongue and only help myself. I would much rather, I would much rather speak five words in my own understanding with my own voice so that I can teach others than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. So what Paul is saying, what I'm doing is for the edification of others, not self-gratification, not trying to build and lift myself up. And I believe that's his point here. In verse uh, 20, he says, brethren, be not children in understanding, how be it in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. And I thought that was very interesting. So I looked up the word malice. It means extreme enmity of heart or malevolence, disposition to injure others without cause for mere personal gratification or from a spirit of revenge, unprovoked malignancy or spite. So I think here that that what's being said is. We're not supposed to be immature in our understanding. In malice, so in, in, in doing other people harm, yeah, that's something that we need to, we need to put off. If you're going to be immature, be immature in that area and revenge and spite. Yeah, be immature in that. But in understanding, we are to be fully mature. How can you do that? How can you get understanding if you're going somewhere Amongst the body of believers to be edified, to be helped, to hear teaching, and you have no idea what's being said. Who does that serve? I believe that's the point here. Who exactly does that serve? Might serve yourself, but it definitely does not serve others. In verse 21, this is actually a quote from Isaiah, and we'll go there. Um, verse 21, the Bible says, In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and of other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that, will they not hear me, saith the Lord. So in a book of Isaiah, let me get there. Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 11. For with a stammering, for with stammering lips and another tongue, will I speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet would they not hear. So we'll go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 21. And again, we'll read this uh, to see that that quotation. And the law it is written with men of other tongues and other lips. Will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. In verse 22, we see the reason that this verse was mentioned. He's going to explain why this was mentioned. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Now, I believe in the context, the, the prophesying, and I mentioned this before, and I'll mention it again, talked about in the scripture here, 
Now, I wouldn't argue with you, and I could be wrong. This is not dogma, but I, and I'll, I'll show why I believe in this context. It is talking about the exposition and expounding of the scripture and not prophecy in the sense of God giving you something new that's not already written in the scripture. I think the prophecy here is dealing with God revealing something that's in the Bible, you expounding that and 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 teaching and showing someone else that. And I said this in another video. I'm, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations before where I've heard uh, someone preaching. A preacher says something. He goes to a verse. He kind of expounds on that verse. And it's almost like the verse is opened up. I see exactly what he's saying. And it's something I didn't see before. I believe that's what prophesying is dealing with in the context of these verses right here. Again, I wouldn't debate over that. And I'll try to, to show why, why I think that way. Um, in verse 23, the Bible says, If therefore the whole church come together into one place. Now take notice. He's talking about the church coming together into a place. So that would lead me to believe that the church is not the place it is the body of believers. If therefore the whole church come become together into one place and all speak with tongues and there come those and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say they are mad? So imagine somebody walks in a church, everybody's speaking in these tongues that nobody understands. It sounds like babbling. If, if a person who just got saved comes in, they'll be like, yo, these people are crazy. If it's a, if a person as a loss comes in, they'll be like, yo, these people are crazy. I'm good. I'm gone. Things should be done with understanding. That's the point here in verse 24. But if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth, one that believeth not or one unlearned, he is convinced of all. He is judged of all. And thus, uh, and thus, verse 25, are the secrets of the hearts made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of truth. The point being here, and this is why, um, and I'll go further, like I said, this is why I believe prophecy here is talking about that the exposition of scripture if a person comes in and 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 somebody is is giving an explanation of scripture a revelation of what the scripture means let's let's even say if this was literally talking about prophecy in the sense of something new being revealed that has never been written down even though i don't think that still that would still apply in this case of someone coming in they can hear what's being said they can discern what's being said they can make sense of what's being said use reasoning and logic and say oh this guy is speaking the truth what's being said here is true and in verse 25 uh uh notice um where is i at verse 24 yeah verse 25 notice what said it said and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest 
And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of truth. Now, something is said in the book of Hebrews that I wanted to get to um, after dealing with that. Let me get to it. The book of Hebrews, and I believe it's chapter four. I didn't intend on going here. So forgive me if I jump around trying to find this. Um, yeah, it is here. Uh, yeah, verse uh, Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. And this goes along with what's said there in the book of first Corinthians chapter 14, verse 25, the word of God. And this is why I believe that prophesying there is talking about the exposition, explanation and preaching of the word of God. The word of God. Listen to what's being said here is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Next verse. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him for whom uh, uh, with whom we have to do. Now, if you go back after reading that to the book of first Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 25 and read what's said again, it said, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest and so falling down on his face he will worship god and report that god is in you of truth verse 26 this is what i'll end with today how is it then brethren when ye come together every one of you hath a psalm remember what the apostle paul said about singing right let's 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 go back let's go back to that Let's go back to that. Let me let me find that verse. Uh, what was it? Verse 16. Blessed occupy the room. Yeah, he said, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. Also, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding. Also, remember the operative thing there being understanding, being able to hear and discern what's being said. How is it then, brethren? When ye come together, everyone hath a song. Everyone hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. So I, I think the problem here is the Psalms, because uh, that, that word psalm means a sacred song or hymn. So I think they were practicing this, right? Like people coming and singing a song in a tongue no one understands. And I think that's the point. So every one of you hath a song, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue. That word tongue, just so, just so you know, I looked it up. Speech, discourse, sometimes fluency of speech. The power of articulate utterance. Speech. Speech as well as well or ill-used mode of speaking, a language, the whole sum of words used by a particular nation. Everyone hath a, hath a doctrine. Everyone hath a revelation. Everyone hath an interpretation. Let 
things be done unto edifying. And I think the point of what was going on here is everybody has something going on. Things are not being done orderly. And Lord willing, tomorrow when I get into part three of this, you'll see why I say this because because it goes over the book of first Corinthians chapter 14 goes over the order and the structure of tongues and prophecy. And then that will make that verse, verse 26, make even more sense, right? Let all things be done unto edifying. This is supposed to be helpful. And I think that's what's, uh, that's what this, this chapter is going over is these things, these gifts are supposed to be edifying to others. And a lot of times what I've seen when these different spiritual gifts are focused on throughout, you know, in the world, it always seems as though the focus is for preeminence. Somebody once noticed it's rare that I've ever seen spiritual gifts in, you know, amongst uh, the religious crowd is rare that I've seen spiritual gifts mentioned. And when you look, this is to help others. This is for the edification of others. This is what it should be about. And again, in the book of first uh, Corinthians chapter 14, understanding is emphasized heavily. How many times have you gone somewhere or seen someone talk about tongues or seen an instance where tongues is air quote practice? You have no idea what's being said. There is no interpreter. Nobody knows what was said. I'm telling you, there's some explicit guidelines given for that. And Lord willing, we will definitely get into that tomorrow. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.